Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Les Talk Podcast. We are super excited to be with you on this BYU bye week. We have a chance to look at BYU basketball, who has played a game, and will play another one. Can yes. you believe that? Two games already? Imagine that. Holy cow. Before we start the episode, we wanted to give a quick shout-out to our social media pages. Go ahead and check out our Instagram and our Twitter, at Les Talk Pod. Posting a lot of content. A lot of memes on there. You're going to love it. Also, don't forget to check out the website, lestalkpodcast.com, where you will be able to find the incredible weekend watch guides that Jared is putting together. Yeah, these are super great and very important this time of year because they'll tell us who we need to root for in order for BYU to make a New Year's Six. Very important because fanage does matter when it we do impact games when we sit in front of the television and root for a team that just psychological energy that we put into it greatly affects the game i testify of the words of my companion right there that is absolute truth anyway so without further ado let's get to the episode let's boo go tigers that field judge on the far side is in their pocket man go over your that's right let's back this booler yeah! <laughs> Let's go wild, So, before we get into a, a little look ahead to this weekend, let's look back to the last BOU basketball game. Played Cleveland State, who, yep. turns out, is a good fo- er, basketball team. Okay, I'm, Jared's still in football mode. I'm going to be honest, <laughs> college basketball needs a certain January. Yeah, it does. I can't do this. That's what I said. College basketball, the NBA, I don't even like regard its existence. Until after Christmas. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Christmas Day is when the NBA starts for me. Yeah. And Christmas is like when... That's when basketball starts. I follow college basketball just because BYU basketball. Got to stay up on it, you know? Right, right. But, I mean, come on. No. Come on. You won't catch me watching a random college basketball game, but you will definitely catch me watching Kent State play Central Michigan, which we are watching right now. Absolutely Mm -hmm. insane. It's a great game. Tune into Maction, everyone. Please. Please. Kent State just fumbled the ball in the most incredible way ever. It's an incredible game. Yeah. After he absolutely truck sticked somebody. Yeah. Just like NCAA 14. (laughs) Back to basketball. BYU played Cleveland State. It is not. Ne- it wasn't necessarily the SmackDown that we were hoping for. You know, I had that video queued up that I posted on Instagram. That I was really hoping for a SmackDown. It wasn't quite that. BYU ended up getting a ten-point victory, sixty-nine to fifty-nine. Yeah, and I mean, Cleveland State is a good basketball team. Basketball, basketball team. Basketball, not football. They won their conference championship and mm-hmm. the regular season conference. Which to double down on that, it's very impressive. Regardless, you know, of the conference you're in, they turned out. Very scrappy, like we said. They'd return mm-hmm. in all five of their starters, and it showed. Um, but yeah, they're a really good basketball team, and they played us close. I'm glad we got the win, but had the challenge. Yeah, shout out to BYU for scoring 69 points. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Cleveland State was a good basketball team. I think they're going to do really well in the Horizon League this year. They have a really complete team. They were making shots. They were playing really good scrappy defense. Great defense. They were all over the court. 
They have a guy that has a hairline that's so non-existent that you wouldn't be able to find it with like a freaking space telescope. The Hubble Space Telescope would not be able to find the hairline on that man. Yeah. Shout it, out to you. You were on the bench the entire game. I don't know who you were, but your hairline was ridiculous. It was fun watching him and then just like 15 feet to the right was Spencer Linton. Yeah. And it, it was great to be looking back and forth and be like, The wow. battle of the hairlines. <laughs> it was amazing. But uh, as far as the game went, uh, for me, it was very ugly. It mm. was just an ugly game from BYU's part. The offense looked like the gingerbread man from Shrek, who's just like scared and doesn't know what to do all the time and is running around like, Not the gumdrop button! <laughs> exactly! And the refs were softer than Kevin Durant. Oh my goodness, that's soft. That's like... That's it's like minky blanket soft. That's like Tempur-Pedic soft right there. Like sleep number. The refs were so bad. And it was on both sides. Like there were some phantom calls, horrible, horrible officiating. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that just because, you know, the calls went towards Cleveland State because I think BYU ended up, you know, the fouls favored BYU. No, it was just bad. It was like it was like NBA bad, right? Like when you watch the NBA and you turn it off after two minutes because you can't stand how close they call it. Mm-hmm. Let the guys play. Seriously, man. We've had this conversation before. Yep. Why does Gonzaga, BYU, why do these teams struggle once they get to the postseason, once they get to the you know, March Madness? Because they have real refs that are not calling ticky-tack fouls, that are letting players be aggressive. And, and we don't know how to react. Yeah. Baylor Baylor manhandled Gonzaga in the national championship game. And that was why. Because yeah. Baylor played physically and Gonzaga didn't know how to combat it. Because I, the WCC doesn't train them to do it. Thousand percent agree. Gonzaga would have been in that game had they been prepared to play as physically as Baylor did. Because Baylor just, like you said, they manhandled mm-hmm. them last year. Yes, they did. So, I mean, I'm hoping that this changes, but I'm not super optimistic. Yeah. Um, one, I think the brightest spot out of the game, besides Alex Barcelo, who, you know, can take the game over whenever he wants, Spencer Johnson, who would have thunk, dude? He came out and balled. He had 13 points. Um, I think he had three, let's see. Yep, 13 points, three rebounds, one assist, one block, and only one turnover. That's amazing for him. And that one block was amazing. And it came at a perfect time. It came right at the end of the game. when it, And it gave BYU some much-needed momentum because we really struggled in this game. It really wasn't a pretty showing for us. Our offense looked stagnant throughout the entire game. One thing that bothered me, we didn't get our big men involved at all. Of course, we don't have Richard Harward on the court, who is out kind of indefinitely with some cardiovascular issues that you know we haven't really seen a lot of information on it they've said four weeks they've said could be days could be months could be i don't know yeah what i heard mark pope say is that they will reevaluate him in four weeks to see if he can play okay so So we'll see what goes on there yeah but they were not getting involved frequently at all all five players were just around the three-point line running some sort of five-game offense it was weird we do not have big men athletic enough to run that sustainedly we really need to get our big men involved Foose was playing well. Yeah, yeah. Foose was good. I think we should have got him involved. Gavin Baxter was looking for lobs all day that he didn't get. Yeah. No. <laughs> like you were saying, Alex scored 24 points, but he did it in the most Yoli child way possible. <laughs> Let me explain that for a little bit. Jared, Dan, and I used to go to the games and watch Yoli play, right? This is like 2019. 2019. We would say, man, Yoli really hasn't done anything today <laughs> at all, has he? Then we look up at the scoreboard. He's got 26 points. We're like, 
What? He would score the quietest 26 points ever. Alex Barcelo scored an even quieter 24 points. I don't know how he did it, but shout out to him for doing it. Yeah, he scored 20, just for context, he scored 24 points on six shots. How is that even possible? Oh, it, it, it's, if he made six threes, he'd still only have 18. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. No, and he, it's not that he made six shots. No, he took six shots. He took shots. six shots. Yeah, wow. he did go 13 of 13 from the free throw. <laughs> You know, James Harden right there. So, <laughs> very, you know, he got to the line. That's all that matters. Yeah. And shout out to BYU. We shot absolutely horrifically booty butt garbage free throws in the exhibition game. And we shot 89%. Yeah, that was really good. So we saw a lot of negative in this game. Sorry, I still have like my voice lost and my voice is cracking <laughs> from the game. But I also saw some positive. And this is what I saw. A team that was scrappy. A team that played really good team defense. And a team that was not going to let. Because Cleveland State came back, took the lead. But BYU just punched right back. They did not let it get to them. They played their game. So I'm actually really optimistic seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Something that was going around in the uh, sports analyst chat that I have with my uncles. Is that um, in a previous coach's era at BYU. Previous to Mark Pope. Mm. BYU loses that game like nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we can't. We can't bounce back, like you said, punch back. But we did, and I was very impressed with that. I'm glad we got the challenge as well, because this week, we have an, and this Friday, we have an extremely, extremely hard test. Uh, we play San Diego State at home, mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Mountain on BOU TV, or at the Marriott Center. Please go. Last year, this game was our best win. This is our best win of the year last year. Yeah. And so playing them again, this gives us a chance really early to prove who we are. Mm-hmm. San Diego State always sneaks into the top 25 by the end of the year. Sometimes they're up 10, 9, 8. They've been up there because, you know, Mountain West isn't incredible. So they they go through and they win. So this is this is going to be a very good game for us. This will likely be a quad 2 or a quad 1, quad one game. So we need to bring our A game. Everybody, please show up to the game. And also, please bring shoes, used shoes, lightly used shoes, backpacks as well. For Gideon George, He's t- he has teamed up with the BYU Global Supply Chain Association to gather all these shoes and to send them home to Mina, Nigeria, to kids that are in need of them. He was a recipient of this program at one point, and he said that he attributes a lot of his, his success to the shoes he got. So we encourage everybody to help him out and to bring your shoes to the game. Yeah, it's a really cool thing that he's doing. I'm really impressed with Gideon George. Uh, he's looked like a much better player this year. Yes. Very well improved. Mm-hmm. And this shoes thing is just amazing. Um, I won't be in attendance. I'll be actually working graphics for the game. But I'm definitely going to bring some shoes um, for Gideon George and all the little kids uh, across you know the Atlantic Ocean that really want to have the chance to play basketball because it's working out for Gideon George. Yes, it is. And Jared's got some kicks, man. He's got some good shoes. So the fact that he's donating some, man, he's sacrificing. So that means you got to do it too. Take note. Mm-hmm. Take note. San Diego State, they are a very good team. They're very similar in size to us. They're not super huge. Our tallest guy is 6'10". He's a senior. Name is Mensa, the leading rebounder. Not a huge score or anything. The offense in their season opener against UC Riverside was mainly just two people. Yeah. Matt Bradley, senior guard with 23 points, and senior guard Trey Pullman with 15 points. Yeah. it. They seem one-dimensional, but I'm not really sure. I mean... They didn't play great competition, mm. um, but it does look like they definitely go through those two seniors. You know, they shoot the ball a lot. They get to the rim. 
the biggest thing for me is how scrappy San Diego State's defense is. And this mm-hmm. is something that goes back like back to the Mountain West days when BYU is there. San Diego State is insane defense defensive wise. I expect much of the same like we saw from Cleveland State. Press in your mm-hmm. face. Yep. You know, like doubling the ball, the the ball carrier. That's, that's another football term. The ball handler. <laughs> I, ah, I can't do basketball. You can do it, right Jared. Now. You can do it. <laughs> but yeah, I expect BYU to have to come out with a better game plan than they did against Cleveland State in order to win this game. I think our game plan has to be limiting San Diego State's effect, like, effectiveness in the paint. Because that's really all they are. Like you said, they're very one-dimensional. Last, uh, I guess they played on Tuesday as well. They played uh, UC Riverside, which is not a very good school. They went two of eleven from the three-point line. Yikes! They got all of their points at the three throw at the free throw line and in the paint. So if we can limit that, I think our defense is good enough to also limit their three-point shots. But really, if we can just own the paint, then we have a very good chance to win this game. Yeah, and like we saw, BYU played really good in the paint against uh, Cleveland State. We had seven blocks. Yeah. That's been a while since we've seen it. Yeah. Was the last time you had seven blocks, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Expect a lot of uh, Foose, Atiki, and Gavin Baxter really having to put in work in the paint. And then, like I said, we have to find an offense. We have to have a game plan so that we can take out uh, that aspect of of their team. Also, there's a huge, huge announcement Wednesday. Today, technically, whenever you're listening. Wednesday, BYU signing day. Justin, break it down for us. We got a four-star recruit named Colin Chandler out of Farmington, Utah. The kid is a baller. The kid is a beast. He is very, very good. We were up in competition with some very high-profile teams, Power 5 teams that wanted this kid, and we got him. Basically, anybody in the West yep. wanted this guy. We are very excited to have him. Go show him some love on Instagram. Uh, his name on Instagram is at Colin X Chandler. Dude's an absolute beast. He's going to be great for us come 2022. He really is. I was watching some of his highlights. He can just absolutely yam, but he's also in a fantastic shooter. He's kind of like a, you know, kind of like a shooting guard, point guard. Yeah. He plays all the positions though. Really good, huge, huge get for BYU, recruiting out of our own state rather than going to the transfer portal. Yeah, so shout out to that. Now let's move it back to college football. We gave our little BYU basketball review, but you know, we love football. It's football season, so we got to talk about football. A little bit of quick news for the BYU game. Uh, I guess this is in two weeks. Uh, Neil Pau is highly doubtful for Georgia Southern. He got injured against Idaho State. Uh, it's not looking good. Word on the street is he might be out for the year. It's speculation. Hasn't been confirmed. You know how Kalani Satake is with his injury. Yeah. You know, with his injury press conferences. So prayers up for Neil Powell. Make sure you, you know, keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad that we got to see Keanu Hill break out in the Idaho State game because that gives me a little more confidence, right? You know, mm. our... I think uh, Neil Pau is one of the team's re- leading receptions, like leads in receptions, maybe not yards, but receptions and targets. So it's good to know that we have somebody that can step in and fill that role. Absolutely. Um, something that we're going to do now is something new. We're going to review the rankings that came out on Tuesday night, which America, you know, 
has mixed feelings. I would say they are mostly still angry. Gary Barta, public enemy number one. Yes. The college football playoff commissioner. Yes. I don't know how he got his job. Anyway. Um, oh, we are looking at a free steamer set. Man, these infomercials that go on during Maction are incredible. 10 out of 10 would recommend. They're also like six minutes long, I swear. Yeah, they're, they're something. Anyway, so we posted on our social media, on our Instagram, and we asked for thoughts regarding the top 25. And we have some of those thoughts, and we're just going to run through, going to you know, respond to the responses that we got. So first one is from at call the bishop. I wonder who that could be. Mm-hmm. Also, Kevin, you're not a bishop anymore, so <laughs> you should change your Insta handle. <laughs> um, he says, BYU needs a lot of help and a lot of luck. And that's the truth. They really do. In order to get into the top 10 where we said they would need to be to get into a New Year's Six Bowl, it looks like we're going to need some help. Yeah, BYU's coming in at 14 right now, which is decent, but... Ranked ahead of us are a bunch of two-loss teams that don't have a lot of hard games left on the schedule. Yes, you have Oklahoma State and Baylor, which will play Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We need Oklahoma to win both of those games. We got Texas A&M, who plays Ole Miss. The winner of that game is likely to jump us. So we need Ole Miss to win and then lose in the Egg Bowl. Texas A&M is currently ahead of us, if I'm not mistaken. They're yes, like 11. Tw- 11, right? 11, yeah. So BYU does need a lot of help. Do you think there's a chance? What, what percentage chance would you give BYU? Right now I'm sticking it at a 20% chance. Okay. Which given this year's college football landscape is very high. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'd, I'd say around 20, 25% just because I, the things that need to happen can happen. It's just, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Shout out to Isaac D Jensen who said Michigan state should be higher than Michigan. How do you feel about that? Dude, I am livid with the playoff committee. They I talk about all this head-to-head, blah, 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 blah. And then Michigan State loses one game, and they now have the same record as Michigan, mm-hmm. and yet are behind Michigan. I don't get it. Oregon ahead of Ohio State, Baylor ahead of BYU, but Michigan somehow sneaks in front of Michigan State even though they lost to them. I don't understand it. Michigan State, like, why are we playing the games if they're not going to matter in the rankings, right? You'd think that the team that won the game between the two teams would have a leg up in the rankings, but nope. And the college football playoff is full of a bunch of senile men that are trying to vote that probably thought Michigan and Michigan State were the same school. So (laughs) the votes probably got split there. At Jacob underscore West 38 says, Bama should not be anywhere near number two still. You know, we've been saying this from the beginning. We do not think Alabama is the number two team in the country. We think they will lose to, to Georgia. They did not play well. The fact that they're at number two is purely a money decision, fan-based decision, bias decision. It's the SEC bias. It's disgusting. Yeah. So here's my question. Who do you put at number two if not Alabama? Here's the thing. At this point, there is no clear number two in the country. We have Georgia, who's number one. Mm -hmm. Everyone else struggled less. We were talking about this at the basketball game. Everyone had a chance to take that number two spot this last week Mm -hmm. because everyone struggled. But nobody did it. That's true. That's true. I think personally, I I agree. Alabama had six yards rushing. Yeah, that's a you. I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. One of the no. worst rushing defenses in the nation. I'm yeah. I'm so sorry, Alabama. No. Yeah. For me, and I know I'm an Ohio State fan, unashamed, and the bias may be coming through in this. Out of all of the teams 
ranked six through two, seven through two, Ohio State has the best loss. They have the best loss. They have lost Mm -hmm. to number three Oregon. Now, I don't think that, I don't know. I don't think that they should be ahead of Oregon because of the head-to-head. But Ohio State has the best loss and has, you know, eight other solid wins. I don't know. Ohio State's playing good ball lately. Yeah, something to think about. And best of all, we got a response from at Mason Williams 535, who simply said, and I quote, horrific. (laughs) Ditto, Mason. Ditto. A hundred percent agree. I'm, I get sick to my stomach looking at this. Like Iowa at number 20, Arkansas at 25. I, yeah. I can see Arkansas. Utah snuck into the top 25 at number 24. That gives us a ranked win. Yes. So I kind of like that. I guess we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll see where that plays out with the Rose Bowl implications. Uh, Purdue also snuck in, so shout out to Purdue for sneaking in. Yeah, Purdue definitely deserves to be in. Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll see how this shapes out. For now, all you need to know is BYU is at number 14, and if you want to know how BYU can raise in those rankings, check out Jared's Weekend Watch Guide at lestalkpodcast.com, and he will explain perfectly clear what needs to happen in order for BYU to to climb up the ladder. Yeah, I can't – I know – we say it a lot, but really, these are the best thing. You look, you see who you need to win, and it clearly details BYU's path to New Year's Six. All right, that concludes this portion of the podcast, the basketball review and the football look ahead. Now, we have a very special guest on the pod. Can you figure out who it is? You're about to find out. Next. All righty. We are here with a guest picker on the podcast once again. A special guest. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. Uh, he's kind of flying under the radar. Yeah. He's uh, one of the greatest sports personalities in the known multiverse. Washington Insider. Uh, mm-hmm. ESPN Insider wrote the article on BYU Cleveland State's final uh, predicted final score before the game happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is also an avid... Hair grower. It's Daniel Bradford. <laughs> it's Dan. <laughs> Grew it myself. What's up, Dan? How you guys doing? So good. I love the podcast you guys have going on so far. Oh, thank I must you. say. Thanks. Yeah, we appreciate it. We're working really hard. We have uh, one more host that we should talk about. His name is Dan. Oh, Great guy. Yeah. yeah. He, does, he doesn't join us on these episodes. Oh, usually, yeah. But. Right, yeah. Well. That's why we have you on. You Send know. him my love and affection. All right. <laughs> Kisses on both cheeks. We will send him. All four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. Married. Uh, yeah, it's, so this is this is Dan. Everyone knows Dan. But Dan, we're, we're going to get to know you a little bit better. Cool. Uh, we have a high-speed question round for you. You have five seconds or less to answer every question. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going into this blind, so I hope the questions are acceptable. Well, they won't be. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Alrighty. You have five seconds to answer each question. Okay. Ready, set, go. Why did you have an afro in middle school? Um, I thought it was black. What's your worst high school football memory? Coach Craven's <laughs> linebacker drills. Who's your least favorite NBA player? Uh, shoot. What's his name? If you could be in a commercial, which Draymond commercial Green. would it be? <laughs> Draymond Green. Draymond Green. Commercial, um, Pansville. Ooh, commercials. 
If you could be the ball in any sport, which sports ball would you be? Baseball. Ooh, ouch. Okay. <laughs> would you rather have toes made of string cheese or fingers made of raw hot dogs? I'm going to go with the toes. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Easy to conceal. <laughs> Favorite Mac team? Um, I don't know any off the top of my head. Kent State. If your kid like had a superpower, which one would you not want him to have? The ability to speak. <laughs> not ready yet, as you can see. Oh my gosh. Abby, I hope you heard that. I was going to say like x-ray vision or something, but speaking is very good. Uh, team Edward or Team Jacob? Uh, I don't know the difference. Good. Favorite movie scene? Favorite movie scene? I just saw Dune. Probably the one where the, the Harkonnens are like defending their new planet and they have got the bagpipes going. Okay. That one's epic. What's the first song that comes into your head right now? Drake Forever. Oh, good one. I, I don't like Drake, but that was a good song. Would you rather be a belly dancer or a booty dancer? Booty dancer. Mm. Probably more lucrative. <laughs> when was the last time your, sparters, your spiders barked loud enough to turn heads? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> a quick uh, explanation. Barking spiders, that's... Farts. It's a gas. Last question. Did Adam have a belly button? Nope. All right. Hot take. <laughs> well, that was good. Good. Was <laughs> now everyone knows Dan a little more. questions. <laughs> Those are the hard-hitting questions. Oh, we yeah. take journalism serious on this podcast. We're people all need J's. to hear. Big J journalist right here. All righty. Anyway, now that we have that out of the way... Um, that was very fun. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Do that more often. Yeah, um, let's go to our upset picks, shall we? Oh, yeah. Just so everybody knows, uh, our upset picks are upsets against the spread that we do every week. And right now, the standings are as follows. I am in first place with 11 points. You get three points for outright victory, one point for a cover. Justin, second place with six. And then Danny, you are with the guests at one point. One very valuable point. Absolutely. Yeah, Jared's absolutely dominating in the upset picks. But we'll see if we can come back. We got, what, this week? Next week. We got week 12. And then we got week 13. week. And then, and then championship week, Bulls. Bulls. Okay. So the comeback's still possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are your guys' upset picks this time? Well, you guys just heard the standings. And I'm hurting. In the upset category. So I'm picking the team that's playing Georgia. <laughs> nice! Oh. Now I know what you're thinking. This guy needs points, so he's picking the team who's playing the number one team in the country. What an idiot. He doesn't know <laughs> what he's talking about. Well, that's true. Oh, but okay. also, <laughs> I think Tennessee, who is playing Georgia, are frisky. And they've got a high-powered, efficient offense. They got an offense. And they're 20-point underdogs. 
That's no. a lot of points. That's a lot of points. So you think they can at least cover? That's a lot of points. I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll cover, and I will double my point total for the whole season in one week. Wow. That's impressive. That's an impressive mm-hmm. feat. Uh, I love that pick, Daniel. I yeah. love it. 20. It's a lot of points. A lot of points. That's a good pick. A lot of points. Uh, it's really weird. The narrative around this game has been like, uh, Tennessee's offense will get points on Georgia, but Georgia's offense is going to run away with it. Tennessee can't get enough stops. I'm like, excuse me? What has Georgia's <laughs> offense ever been? Yeah, in? Georgia's sure. offense isn't incredible. So. What was that Clemson score? Like what was that? <laughs> 10 to 7 or something. <laughs> yeah. And Georgia gets like one or two defensive scores per game. Yeah. Right? They only had 10 points in the Clemson game because their defense scored a touchdown. Exactly. Wow. I love that pick, Dan. It's a good pick. You. I am staying in the SEC, and I know. I hate it. A little baby vomit. But South Carolina is somehow a one-point dog at Mizzou. Mizzou? Mizzou? South Carolina just put up like 40 points on Dan Mullet and Florida. South Carolina, Shane Beamer is going to be beaming with pride Mm. and what's that word for joy? Just like... Euphoria. Yes. Joy. Exactly the word I was looking for. <laughs> That's a good word. Yep, South Carolina's getting the outright win. That's an interesting pick. I, I think South Carolina dominated Florida like that because Florida's just quit. Florida knows. Dan Mullen has basically said, we're competing for SEC championships. If we're not in contention, it doesn't matter. He basically called last year's bowl game against Oklahoma an exhibition game that didn't matter. So there's a culture problem there in Florida, mm-hmm. and I really think that that team's who, just given up. Who saw that coming, huh? I don't know. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> not the entire nation. Dan Mullen. I'm going to keep Florida. it on the East Coast. I know it's disgusting. Now we're talking about our East Coast football podcast, I guess. Yeah, we are. Uh, I'm taking Syracuse, who is a three-point dog at Louisville. Syracuse Local. is looking frisky. They're 5-4 and four right now, if I'm not mistaken. They are playing well. I think Syracuse is going to be up on a struggling Louisville team. All right. Two football schools right there. Mm-hmm, exactly. Very much so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Louisville had Lamar Jackson. Can yeah. you remember the last football player that played for Syracuse? Bo Jackson. Did he play for Did Syracuse? He really? Is that the right person? <laughs> Pretty sure Bo Jackson played for Oklahoma State. Yeah, he definitely played for Oklahoma State. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> Something brown? It's a running back. AJ Brown? Uh, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Yeah. Jim Brown Jim played Brown. Wow. at Syracuse. Go. Who played back in the what? 50s? Okay, yep. Yeah, he played at Dynasty Syracuse. Right there. He played at Syracuse. I have absolutely no clue. He's got an NFL team named after him, if that tells you how old he is. Didn't yeah. He, play lacrosse too? I think he, he played in the NFL in 1957. So <laughs> oh. He played college before that. So. Early Syracuse has been absolutely irrelevant. But I think they're going to wake up a sleepy Louisville team this week. Alrighty. I like it. I like that pick. It's a good one. Uh, let's get into our tipsy 10. Ooh. We uh, are feeling very tipsy on Mountain Dew right now. Yes, we are. As members of the not Mormon church. Um, standings <laughs> review for the picks. Okay. We got Jared and Justin tied at 46 and 34. Mm-hmm. Decent winning percentage. Yeah. With Danny. Just behind at 45-35, so that's one game difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice round numbers, 45-35. and 35. Yeah, that's honestly pretty good. Dan's just doing it for the aesthetic pleasure, that's all. Yeah, that. of course. 
As for the guests, we have Big Game Boomer and Dr. Henson, who are both tied at 7-3. and three. I do not think... Are we counting Dan in the guest <laughs> rankings if this I week? Win, or? You guys better buy me some Cheez-Its. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If Dan does better, then yes. Okay. <laughs> but if he does worse, then no. Yep. If I do worse, this never happened. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Shall never speak of it again. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to play that question oh, no. about your kid back for oh, your gosh. kid when he's like 10 years old. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. So, uh, let's, should we just kick things off? The Tipsy 10. There are a thousand great games this weekend. Really, it was hard to narrow them down just to 10. But we're going to start off, we always do, you know, we always try and do a weekday pick. Mm-hmm. And this episode should be coming at you Wednesday night, Thursday morning, if you're mm-hmm. listening on time. Thursday night, we got a massive, massive game. We have UNC at Pitt. Ooh. Pitt is favored by six and a half points. This is going to be a really good game. Pitt, unfortunately, lost again. They are struggling. UNC is kind of on the up and up right now. Kind of. Maybe. Somewhat. They just beat Wake Forest. So this is a very big game for Cheez-It bet implications as well. Very true. Because right now, Miami and UNC have the same ACC record. Kind of. They're, they're both just over 500 there. I guess UNC is 4-3. and 5-4. and f- Honestly, yeah. <laughs> they, they both have... They're close. They both have one more win than they do losses. Uh, in this game, I'm picking UNC just because I have to, because I need UNC to do better for the cheese bet. So Dan's got to walk all day with cheeses in between his toes. <laughs> Please, no. Dan, who are you going with? Um, well, I'm going UNC as well. Mm. Not for cheese it implications, because I know Miami will win out, and UNC will lose every game besides this one. Right, yeah. Of course. But UNC's coming off a win against Wake Forest. Some call Big them team. fake forest, but Ooh. that's not me Ooh. saying that. I'm just saying people are saying that. <clears throat> some okay. people, right? Other people, yeah. somewhere Other people. Are saying I'm that. just letting you guys know. And it seems like they kind of found their mojo, at least offensively in that one. Now Pitt has got themselves a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. Can you pick it? Careful, you pick careful it? with your word choice. You oh, you get canceled. Yeah, for true. Beep. Um, a you didn't hear the G U N word. A player. Football player, yes, yeah, they have okay. some of those, but I just I'm going with UNC in this one. They're gonna outscore them. Okay, sweet. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> I'm going with Pitt. I don't know if I'd take Pitt to cover the spread, but I'm going Pitt. Let me tell you why. UNC has won three like quote big games this year, right? Games against good teams: Virginia, Miami, and Wake Forest. All those games have been pretty close. After every single one of these bigger games for UNC, they've had a letdown week and they've lost. Mm-hmm. After Virginia, they lost to Georgia Tech. After beating Miami, they lost to Notre Dame. After they beat Wake Forest, they're going to lose to Pitt. So I'm going with that. And Pitt or UNC relies more on the run than Pitt does, and Pitt has a better run defense. So Ooh. I'm going with. The Pittsburgh Panthers. <clears throat> the Pittsburgh Panthers. The Panthers. Next game is we uh, we head out west and we got Utah State at Sujub. 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 San Joseph State University. Mm. 
This is a late night game on FS1. San Jose State is favored by four and a half. Now, I don't understand how they could be favored by four and a half, given that they only average 21.4 points per game on offense. That's not a lot, by the way. So they are expecting Utah State to only score around two touchdowns. Utah State's offense has been too high-powered to justify that. I think San Jose's offense really struggles. They have a good defense. They really do have a good defense. But I don't think they'll be able to stop Utah State. I think the Aggies are going to march right into San Jose and take this dub. I agree. Utah State, since losing to BYU, who is a really good team. Fantastic. Yeah, kind of good. You guys are, aren't really following. Um, Utah State has gone 4-0. They're hot. That's these. They're not red bad. hot. Not bad. Um, not the strongest schedule, but wins a win. Mm-hmm. You play who you play. Mm-hmm. And they're playing San Jose State, who is not exactly a national powerhouse either. <laughs> so I have them winning this game on the road. Like you guys have said, their offense, I think, has the the weapons. They've got... Uh, least one good receiver so i'm going with the aggies all right the aggies i oh one more thing oh, oh. san jose is not a state that's true true not a that. state and utah is utah is therefore because byu's in it utah state's gonna win. that's all <laughs> that's the only reason it's a state <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right i am going aggies going aggies going 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 with the aggies this is why. Utah State has never won the Mountain West. You guys know that? I didn't know that. I don't know that. I was sure that. they'd won at least like once, right? Yeah, nope. maybe. Never. Never. They have only been to a Mountain West Conference Championship game once. And that was back in 2013. Wow. Utah State right now. So not even with Jordan Love. Wow. No. Wow. Utah State is number one in the Mountain Division. If they win this game... Because Boise State plays Wyoming. We all know Boise State is going to be Wyoming. If Utah State wins this game, they keep their lead over Boise State because they're one game ahead of Boise State. As soon as Boise State and Utah State are tied, Boise State has a head-to-head. Right, they go yeah. to the Mountain West Conference Championship That game. would be sad. Utah State wants this. They really want this. They want to go to a conference championship game. They want to win. Their new head coach, I absolutely love him, Blake Anderson. His wife passed away from breast cancer. He's an amazing guy, great offensive mind. And to make things better, San Jose State sucks. And their their field does as well. Their stadium. My dad went mm. back to it twenty and sixteen. Yeah, 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 it's pretty bad. It's like a wow. dumpster fire. San Jose State is negative ten in turnover margin. Utah oh. Utah State's only two losses to Boise State and to BYU. Yeah. They had three turnovers in the game against BYU. And they had who knows how many turnovers in the Boise State game, including turnovers on downs. So Utah mm-hmm. State, they're going to hold on to the ball. San Jose, not, San Jose State is not going to turn them over. Utah State wins this game. Interesting. Next up on the docket, we have a game that is also big in cheese it bet implications. We got one side of it. Let's look at the other side of the coin. Miami, who is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, playing at Florida State University. How are you guys feeling about this one? I'm feeling like my perfectly healthy hammies are going to win. That's Miami for all of you listeners. They are 3-0 their last three. They lost to UNC. 
who's obviously going to win today, so they're or win on Thursday. So they're good. So Miami lost to a good team, which is quality fine. loss. Yeah. It's a quad one loss. They may also have lost to Virginia and but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think Miami is just better than Florida State. Florida State is having a tough year, although lately they've been looking a little better. A little better. A little. Um, but I still have Miami in this one. All right. Yeah. The cheese it's Yes. I'm going also with Danny's hammies. Um, Miami, they have a better kicking game. Florida State's kicker has missed four extra points this season. Yeah. It's horrendous. That's going to wow. cost them the game. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Do you see that? That was crazy. Kent State's trying to keep it close. All three of Florida State's wins, they went 0-4 to start the season, and then they won three, and then they lost two in a row. Their three wins came because their quarterback was this Travis guy, and then they put in Mackenzie Milton, and they lost again. Hmm. Travis is still out with an injury. Mackenzie Milton's going to be playing. Florida State goes down to Miami. You know, I was really, really, really tempted to pick Miami in this game. But something is telling me that Florida State is going to pull something off here. Uh, Miami is 3-0 in its last three, but it easily could have lost its games, especially against Georgia Tech. That was kind of a fluky win. I think this is kind of a regression to the mean game for Miami. I think Florida State puts it together. Florida State has offensive weapons. Miami has been struggling to score, but with Van Dyke at quarterback, they've been scoring a lot more. I just think Florida State might be able to showcase a little bit of offensive firepower. That'll be a little too much for Miami's defense to handle. Because of that, I have to go with the Seminoles in this one. All right. Next up, we got Mississippi State at Auburn. Interesting game. Uh, Both teams lost. Mississippi State dropped out at the top 25, and Auburn dropped three spots. Go figure. Hmm. I wonder who plays Alabama later in the year. Conspiracy. Yeah, I don't know. Not sure. Anyway, I'm going with uh, Danny's hair color here because (laughs) Bo Nix is playing at home. And Mike Leach is an absolute wild card. And I know that Bo Nix is consistent at home, whereas I know that Mike Leach is the opposite of consistent. So, going with Auburn. I don't know, Jared. We have to bring up what happened with... Don't don't even Mississippi start. State don't even Memphis start. Nope. <laughs> has the Bulldog learned its lesson nope. after facing two Tiger teams? Is it now going to be able to have all the skills it needs to take on this third Tiger team? Get the heads from before my face. <laughs> <laughs> These are important questions. But I'm also going with Auburn, my hair color. And they're hard to beat at home. They've got a pretty good home field advantage. It's a great environment to play in. Bo Nix is good at home. Different story on the road. Mississippi State, um, their coach is a character. That is true. Loves to say the least. Uh, candy corns. Hates candy corns. Yeah. <laughs> with a passion. Uh, but yeah, I think Auburn is going to win this one since they're at home. Can't argue with Bonex at home. I think, yeah, Auburn is going to win this game. I don't think Mississippi State's playing very well. They're not playing good football. Auburn is. I think they take home this victory. Next up, we got a very interesting game coming up at 8.30 at night on CBS Sports Network, which we got some very interesting nuggets about that. Mm. Nevada going to San Diego to take on the stadiumless San Diego State Aztecs, who are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Now, Nevada is undefeated 
in 8.30 CBSSN games. Hmm. San Diego State's Ooh. only loss came in an 8.30 p.m. CBSSN game. Oh, there's some nuggets. Now, Nevada's Achilles heel has been teams that can run the ball. San Diego State can, can run, the, run ball. the ball. San Diego State's Achilles heel has been teams that can pass the ball, and Nevada can pass the ball. Hmm. So you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? Hey, Siri, flip a coin. Wait, you got to choose before. She yeah, you got oh, uh, to assign the teams to, a, to a side of the coin. Well, she said it's tails. Okay. You got to redo it. You got to assign each team a side. But do Aztecs have tails? Mm, good point. Oh. No. Does a wolf pack have a tail? I mean, wolves do, but does a wolf Wolves. pack? Drew, neither of them have tails. Okay. Okay. Mm. Strictly okay. speaking. All right. Uh, we're going to do heads is Nevada. Okay. And tails is Sudisu. Hold on. Hey, Siri, flip a coin. It's Tails this time. All righty. Tails. Tails again? San Diego State. Okay. San Diego State. Okay. Very good analysis from Jared. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jared talked about the you know weaknesses and strengths of each team. Speaking of strengths, Nevada has Carson Strong. Ooh. Um. Heisman forerunner, if you take out every other Heisman candidate. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, I can. He's a good quarterback. He's the next Colin Kaepernick, quarterback out of Nevada. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I think he's going to lead his team to a win against San Diego State. It's technically at San Diego State, but it's Mm. really not. It's not called Qualcomm Stadium anymore. It's San Diego County Credit Union Stadium, I think. Mm. Something like that. I think there's probably more Pensetia Bowl fans there than San Diego State fans. Yep, and that's the truth. I got to agree with Dan on this one. I think Carson Strong is going to lead them the victory. I think San Diego State is kind of a fluky uh, 9-1 and or 8-1, and whatever they are. They just have one loss in the year. It's kind of fluky. I don't think they're as good as their record shows. I think Nevada exposes them at 8-30 on CBS Sports Network. Alrighty. Well, now we head to the opposite end of the clock. If you turn it back 12 and a half hours. Fall back. Fall back. Daylight savings. God bless America for that. Uh, (laughs) Oklahoma, five and a half point favorites at Baylor. What are you guys thinking about this one? Now, this is a huge game for BYU's chances to make a New Year's Six Bowl. Baylor is currently ranked one spot ahead of BYU at number 13. Oklahoma is at number 8. In order for us to make a New Year's Six, we need to get ahead of Baylor. Baylor needs to lose, and if they're going to lose, this is going to be the game. Oklahoma is playing well. Caleb Williams had a couple off weeks. That week against Kansas was really bad, but he had his Heisman moment taking the ball on what should have been a stop progress play. Freak. Yeah, I'm still mad about that. I think Oklahoma is going to win this game. I think they're going to expose some of, expose some of the flaws that Baylor has, and we need Baylor to drop out of the top fifteen and give us move give us room to climb the ladder. Yeah, I was in some inner tor- turmoil about Ooh, this game, like Alma thirty six inner turmoil. Oh yeah, pretty similar. Holy cow! To that one. <laughs> um, but then I remember that Baylor lost to TCU last week. Yep, which mm-hmm. is bad. And BYU made Baylor look dominant, but we saw last week that they're very much not dominant, and I think Oklahoma will beat them. 
Alrighty. Yep. Well, anyway, I so we have a report that Baylor is going to wear all black uniforms what? versus Oklahoma. Interesting. Now, these are pretty fancy. Mm. I'm looking at them right now. They're black with gold. Now, this is kind right. of interesting. It's uh, very different. Kind of reminds me of like the Whoa. Bryce Petty Baylor era, you know? Yeah. Which is interesting because the last time Baylor beat Oklahoma was in the Bryce Petty era. Hmm. Anyway, I'm going with Oklahoma here just because we need them to win. And I've tried to tell myself that we need to go by the stats, not by my heart. But the stats and my heart are aligning on this one. Oklahoma's okay. 28-3 and three all time against Baylor. Seven in a row. Um, they're 2-0 and in big noon kickoff games. I'm going with Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is wearing their Rough Rider uniforms against Baylor in this game. So they're bringing out their alternate jersey combination. Uh, it's honestly not that fancy, but Uh-oh. they are bringing out an Uh-oh. alternate. So. Uh-oh. I've heard from Oklahoma fans that that's bad news. Uh-oh. When Oklahoma brings out those jerseys. Uh-oh. I, this is making me... Shoot. This is really making me Not test that rough riders. Uniform combination. What are you going to do, Jared? <sighs> Tails is Oklahoma. <laughs> hey, Siri, flip a coin. No, I don't want to pay with my passcode. <laughs> Tails is Oklahoma, right? <laughs> yep, Tails is Oklahoma. Okay, we're sticking with Oklahoma. Okay. Stick with Oklahoma. <laughs> Moving on, we have another very interesting game going on in the kind of ACC. Notre Dame belongs there, but isn't there. Uh, Basically. We got number nine, Notre Dame, who is a five-and-a-half-point favorite at Bronco Mendenhall's Virginia team. How are you guys feeling about this one? Um, Brennan Armstrong is a game-time decision. Hmm. And I know Virginia has a lot of weapons, but if Brennan Armstrong, their quarterback that was slinging it all over the place... The backup looked terrible against BYU, right? Yeah. If Brennan Armstrong is a game-time decision, he's obviously not going to be 100%. He's obviously not going to be able to perform the way that Virginia needs. And Notre Dame has this weird way of like winning games they shouldn't by really close margins. And let's mm. be honest, Virginia has maybe the worst home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, they're down there at San Diego State. So I'm going to Notre Dame in this one. I, I agree. I'm going with Notre Dame as well. Um. I think they're just the better team from what I've seen so far. They took that loss to Cincinnati, but besides that, they've you know ran their way through their mainly ACC schedule, and I think that continues against Virginia. Now, I'm looking at a couple articles that just got ran. It does confirm that Brennan Armstrong is a game-time decision, but I also just read one that said Bronco Mendenhall is planning on Armstrong playing. So that would be interesting. We know a rib injury is hard to come back from. We saw it with Jaron Hall the first few games that he was back. Like he month. really, really struggled. <laughs> uh, part of Brennan Armstrong's game is the deep ball, which is hard to throw with a broken rib. So for that reason, i got to say that Virginia's offense will not be able to get the job done. Notre Dame's going to win this game. All right. All in agreement again. Uh, number 11, Texas A&M travels to the Grove to take on Ole Miss. Hotty toddy. Uh, I could not find yet what uniforms Ole Miss is wearing for this game um, because if I think it's the all-powder blues, then we might have a game on our hands. But other than that, I think Texas A&M, they're trending upwards. Ole Miss is kind of trending downwards. I just think Texas A&M is going to do enough to win this game. And if I'm being honest, I can't believe I'm saying this. 
I think I trust Jimbo more than I trust Lane Kiffin. Whoa. Yeah. Holy guacamole. I know. That's a bit of a take. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if Ole Miss won, but I think Texas a is going to win the game. Yeah, I'm with you again. Texas A&M is playing very well, playing good ball lately. Mm, as the kids as say. As they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just beat Auburn 20-3. to That's impressive. resounding. They just beat South Carolina, Mizzou, Alabama. Ever heard of them? Yeah. <laughs> so, Texas A&M are playing very well, and Ole Miss does have Matt Corral. True. We've got some potential fireworks, but I think Texas A&M pulls this one out in a close one. I think the difference in this game is defense. Texas A&M's defense is playing at an elite level. They are number 16 in the nation right now in total defense. Ole Miss is four. Or should I say, 104 in the nation. 104 out of 130 FBS teams. Ole Miss's defense is really struggling. Texas A&M does not have a prolific offense. They are not playing super great. But against Ole Miss's defense, I think they do enough to get the job done. And I think that Matt Corral, he hasn't been playing great lately. He's been struggling. I think Tamu's going to do everything they can to get in his head, to get in Lane Kiffin's head. I think Texas A&M will win this game. And I also want it to happen so that Ole Miss doesn't jump us after we had a bye because they are only one spot behind us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And uh, that's an interesting point you bring up about getting in Lane Kiffin's head. Because I think his head is so full of inappropriate tweets that nothing else could fit in there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty fair. Bull take, but yeah, yeah, pretty fair. Next up on the docket, we have a very interesting game in the Carolinas. We got number 16, North Carolina State, taking on previously, emphasis on previously, undefeated number 12, Wake Forest, who is a two-point favorite. Dan, who are you feeling in this one? I'm feeling fake Forest. Uh, NC State are frisky. The wolf pack. Um, There's too many wolf packs. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What's Wake Forest mascot again? The Deacons? The, the Deacon Demons. Demons. Yeah. I mean, Demon Deacons. Demon Deacons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. De- I mean, I think Wake Forest, I mean, they've, if you look at their like results, they've just kind of scraped by all of their ACC wins, except Duke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that doesn't um, mean anything. Yeah. So I think they were slightly overrated, but I still think they beat NC State in a close one. NC State is frisky, but they have those two losses to, is it Miami? They lost Miami. to Miami and Mississippi State. Yeah, I think uh, Wake Forest pulls this one out in a close one. All right. Uh, I'm also going with Fake Worst. Mm. Um, I think Fake Worst is overrated. Yeah. I don't think they're as good as people say. They're kind of like Virginia, yep. except maybe like level two. Yeah. Right? Um, I'm just going to take Wake Forest because NC State hasn't proven they can keep up in a shootout. Right? Oh, excuse oh, me. Excuse no. me. Whoa, Beep. whoa, whoa. Uh, they haven't proven they can... Uh, what do I say instead? In a slugfest. No, slugfest is, slug is, is like, like a rock fight. Yeah, it's a rock slug fight. Um, a a uh, scoring match. Boat race. High boat race. Scoring sure. Affair. High scoring affair. High scoring affair. affair. Yeah, that's a good one. Affair. That's I don't want to be talking about affair. High scoring. Scarlet letter. High scoring spectacle. 
It's interesting. Can't <laughs> find any problems with that one. So. <laughs> Unless right. you're discriminating against people with glasses. Oh man, we can't say that one either. Yeah, I'm I'm offended. A lot of points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wake Forest or NC State. That's offensive to Clemson. <laughs> can't score. <laughs> NC State will not be able to keep up with Wake Forest, plain and simple. Wake Forest is gonna win yeah. the game. It's an interesting take. I really think the Wolfpack is going to win this game. Uh, Wake Forest has been an incredible story all year long, undefeated until last week when they took the L. Um, I think this is a regression to the mean game for Wake Forest. I don't think they're going to finish the game, the finish the season eleven and one. I think they're going to take another L. If they're going to take another one, this is it. NC State, while they are a little bit overrated, I think that Wake Forest is going to get some key key weaknesses exposed against a pretty decent North Carolina State defense and a all-right-enough offense. Yeah. All right. Well, usually we would finish off with the BYU game. Mm -hmm. However, this week, there is no BYU game. So we are going to the biggest game of the weekend, arguably. I, I I think between us, I don't know, at least me, this is obviously the biggest game of the weekend. Uh... Do you guys agree? It's a big one. It's big. I got a question about this game. Yeah. Michigan, which we're recapping Michigan at Penn State. Michigan at Penn State, obviously. Obviously, Penn Penn State State has a huge, huge home field advantage. I don't know if they're doing a whiteout for this game, but I feel like they should. I think they're doing a helmet stripe out. Oh, okay. That's Mm. nice. So they have like one stripe of blue through the very middle of the stadium. That's that's cool. Kind of cool. Michigan is the number six team in the the country. Ah. Arguably number five should be ahead of Michigan State. Or whatever it is. Penn State, unranked. Yet the spread is even. Do they, does the committee, or sorry, does the committee, do sports bettors really value Penn State's home field advantage that much? That's incredible. When was the last time a top 10 team has played against an unranked team and has not been favored? Wake Forest UNC last week. Um, was it really? Yeah. UNC was two and a half point favorites. Gosh dang. I Other guess than it, that though. I <laughs> guess it was a week ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, well. But, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Michigan, I think everybody is taking them to be the better team. They have a very good running attack. However, Michigan's number two and three running backs are out with injury. Mm. Uh So let me break this down for you. So Michigan, they are a very heavy run team. They do not like to pass the ball because Cade McNamara can throw the ball. Probably as well as squints at the – no, not squints. uh, What do they call them? Smalls? Smalls. Dude, I haven't seen Sandlot in so long. Yeah, Smalls. Smalls, yeah. Yeah. He can throw the ball better, or about as good as Smalls can in Sandlot. Um, Has- Hassan Haskins accounts for 50% of the reps at running back. And then the other 50% are Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, who both are injured and out for this game. Uh-oh. That's now, not good. With 50% of that run game out, they're going to have to rely even heavier on the pass, which Cade McNamara cannot do. And Penn State, they, for once, are fully healthy. They're at home. It's big noon kickoff. The stats would point you to Michigan. The narratives would point you to Penn State. And for me, I'm going with we are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Okay, yeah, um, Penn State. Penn State. <laughs> I'm going with Penn State as well. 
um, because Scene Clifford. Mm. You ever heard of the actor Scene Bean? Yes. Or Sean Bond? What? Or Sean Bean? <laughs> <laughs> well, Penn State is a quarterback, Sean Clifford, who got injured in the Iowa game. Before that injury, Penn State looked like they were going to win were 20 to easily. Three. Mm. But he took the injury, was out a few weeks, and then they played Ohio State, who beat him. But he's back. He's healthy. They're at home, like we've talked about. I think he'll want to win this one. It's a, you know probably his biggest test since his injury. And this is really important for their season. Penn State's coach is kind of doing his own thing <laughs> these days. <laughs> but I think the players will want this one, and Penn State will win at home. Yeah, I think just one quick little nugget. I think Penn State feels a little disrespected. By the committee, and mm. also seen Bean or seen Clifford the big red, big, big red dog. He is four and zero in his career against Michigan and Michigan State. Wow! So, wow. Yeah. I'm picking Michigan in this game Golden for this Michigan. reason. I think Penn State for the first time is completely healthy, except for one key unit, their head coach. <laughs> I think James Franklin is checked out. I think he's somewhere else. I think he's mentally preparing for another job. I think he's gone after this season. I think he's made it pretty clear that he's not staying in Penn State. So, because of that, I think Michigan is just going to outprepare Penn State. I think Michigan is going to outplay Penn State. And I think McNamara has been struggling for quite a while, but he actually like slung the ball around a little bit against Michigan State. And he's been throwing the ball better. The passing attack is getting better. I think Michigan is going to take this game home. I think they're going to go into Happy Valley and take home the dub. Alrighty. Well, there we have it, folks. Those are your 10 games for the weekend that are the definitely the best games, obviously, because mm-hmm. we picked them. And yeah, they got to be. They're going to yeah. be very close, all of them. Yes. Um, anyway, thank you for listening. Before we go, yes, BYU-San Diego State score prediction. Oh, yes. Oh, basketball, basketball game. Basketball is still thing. My score prediction, BYU 72, San Diego State 66. A lot of points. My prediction, BYU 31, San Diego State 25 at halftime. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was going to say, this is a basketball game. <laughs> it's like a Virginia basketball game. I think BYU will win 69. Oh, again, two straight. To 68. Okay. Oh. I'm going BYU wins 58-54. Ooh, okay, low scoring affair. Defensive rock fight. A rock fight. And it, who knows, with these two schools, we might actually get a rock fight. Yeah, yeah. seriously. The rowdy rock. Yep. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. This has been a fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. Everybody go check us out on Instagram, at Let's Talk Pod, on Twitter, at Let's Talk Pod, and check out the Weekend Watch Guides on the podcast uh, website. Do not forget Do to it. check out the Weekend Watch Guides. They are amazing. They will tell you every game's relevance to BYU and how what needs to play out during the week in order for BYU to climb the rankings. Check it out, lestalkpodcast.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we will see you next Tuesday. Thank you. Bye now.